0: So last week we talked about a giveaway that I'm going to be doing on 1st of November I hope you're excited about this because I really am stay tuned to this episode and you'll get to hear more about how you can enter and what you're going to win
1: this is the decoding obesity podcast where we simplify demystify and decode obesity helping you lose weight and feel great so, gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal.
0: I'm sure you must have heard of Alcoholics Anonymous, but have you heard of Overeaters Anonymous? Hi, friend. Welcome to this episode of the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Today, we will be talking about an organization called Overeaters Anonymous. Overeaters Anonymous was an organization that was actually founded in 1960. Interestingly, the founder of this organization had attended a Gambler's Anonymous meeting since she was a compulsive gambler herself. There, she heard stories about people having problems with compulsive overeating as well. This made us start Overeaters Anonymous on the lines of the 12-step program used by Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, OA or Overeaters Anonymous is a non-professional, non-affiliated, non-denominational, that means it's not a religious organization, it's self-supporting, it's kind of a fellowship of individuals, which not only helps these people who are suffering from compulsive overeating, but also helps themselves stay recovered. According to their website, they have about 6,500 OA groups in over 75 countries that meet each week with 60,000 members. That's a huge, huge number. The OA members use the 12 steps, 9 tools and 12 traditions to support each other in recovering from unhealthy relationships with food and body image. So let's just discuss about, you know, these 12 steps, the 9 tools and the 12 traditions and what exactly they entail. The 12 steps are the same as the ones that are used by Alcoholics Anonymous. So Step 1 is the beginning of the program and starts with accepting the fact that the members are powerless over food. Now this is a critical step in my opinion because accepting a problem is the first step in working towards a solution. Step 2 is about having hope that even though the members are powerless over food, there is a greater power that can help them overcome this and help restore sanity. This is another important step because without hope, there is no motivation to move forward. Step 3 involves having faith and surrendering to a higher power to help them with the problem. A lot of times, having faith in something is very important. Having faith takes away the doubt and makes one completely immersed in the process. Reading this step kind of made me wonder, is it going to be open to atheists and agnostics and people of different faiths? So I came across this section on their website, which specifically addresses this with respect to atheists and agnostics you know it says that it's a non religious organization so you may or may not be believing in god the only requisite is that you believe in a higher power now that may be a god that may be a, you know the greater power of the community itself that can help you restore the sanity that you need step 4 involves really being true to oneself it involves making an inventory of all the mistakes that one person has made and this i'm sure requires a lot of courage Step 5 is about integrity, that is honestly sharing whatever has happened with oneself and with other members of the group. Step 6 is about willing and being ready to have these shortcomings removed. Step 7 is about having humility and asking the higher power to remove these shortcomings. Step 8 involves making a list of all the people harmed by this behavior and becoming willing to make amends with them. Step 9 entails making direct amends with such people wherever possible, except when doing so may injure them or others. Step 10 is continuing to take personal inventory and whenever one is wrong to promptly admit it. Step 11 involves improving conscious contact with the higher power through prayer and meditation. Lastly, Step 12 entails having a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, carrying this message to other compulsive overeaters and also requires that These principles are practiced by the members in all their affairs. Now, these 12 steps have been modeled on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Overeaters Anonymous can be used as an adjunct or component of either a multidisciplinary treatment program and can even be used independently by an individual. All right, my friend, let's talk about this giveaway that I'm doing next week. So I'll give you a brief story about what happened. I actually was looking for uh, some protein bars online and I came across this brand called Atlas Bars on Amazon. The first thing that I always look for in a bar is no added sugar. And this certainly fit the bill. So I decided to order them. I really like these bars and I thought, how can I get this to you? So I reached out to this company and I said, look, I want to do a giveaway. Will you help me do this? And they were really nice and kind to actually participate in this and do this giveaway for you. So the grand prize is a 30 piece sampler pack of their protein bars. Now they make six varieties. So the sampler pack will have five of each type. And if you actually buy it on their website, it's worth $75 if you don't buy it with the subscription. If you buy it with a subscription, of course, it's cheaper, but the value is $75. And I'm very thankful to Atlas Bars for doing this because I really liked it. And I hope you do as well. So to enter this giveaway, all you have to do is go to www.decodingobesity.com forward slash giveaway, and basically enter your details. Once you enter You can get multiple entries over there and you can actually go back every day to get more entries so the giveaway is going to run from 1st november to 5th november and it's going to close at midnight on 5th november so once i have all the entries in what i'm going to do is we're going to pick a winner and i will be announcing the winner on the subsequent episode on 8th november not only that i will also be publishing the winner on my instagram on my facebook page And of course, if you're the winner, you're going to get an email from me separately as well. But here's a good thing. Even if you're not the winner, you will get something just for participating. I'm very, very excited about this. I hope you are as well. And I hope you do participate in this giveaway. One thing to remember is the more you share it with people, the higher your chances of winning. So make sure that you're doing all the things to get the maximum number of entries you can to increase your chances of winning this giveaway. All right, good luck. Now back to the episode. Now let's talk about the nine tools of Overeaters Anonymous. Tool number one is plan of eating. It focuses on adherence to a meal plan provided by a healthcare provider and discussed with a sponsor so as to eliminate problematic or addictive foods that cause the craving and lead to overeating. The second tool is sponsorship, just like Alcoholics Anonymous. This entails working with a sponsor to reinforce the use of this tool while progressing through the Overeaters Anonymous 12 steps. Another important tool that the OA offers is the use of telephone calls with other OA members to build a stronger social support network. This is important as suffering from this can be a very lonely place for many. And this provides that critical social support that is needed. Friends, I just want to remind you, this is so important. And that is why I've created, you know, the decoding obesity community, which is a free Facebook group where you can find support from others who are on the same weight loss journey as you are. So please do join and seek the support you need from others on the same journey. You can head on to www.decodingobesity.com forward slash Facebook to join. And it's a free tool to get the social support you need on your journey to weight loss. The fourth tool OA offers is anonymity. This protects the confidentiality of the participants so that people are able to share honestly and openly without the fear of being judged or gossiped about. Another tool offered is the opportunity to attend meetings and service that helps cultivate a sense of connection to something greater than oneself. The sixth tool is reading the 12 step literature is another important tool that overeaters anonymous offers. This helps provide guidance and education about the whole process. The overeaters anonymous also encourages its members to use reflection as a tool to reflect on their daily thoughts, feelings, their daily readings and their path to recovery and to write these down. When we put our thoughts down on paper, it becomes easier to see the situations more clearly. Having a clear action plan is another tool OA offers. An action plan helps clearly identify and implement attainable actions, both short and long-term. Lastly, OA believes in service to others who need help. The basic purpose of Overeaters Anonymous is to carry this message of help to other people suffering from compulsive eating. They also have 12 traditions, which I'm going to name down. Tradition 1 is that the common welfare comes first. The members believe that personal recovery depends on this unity within Overeaters Anonymous. Tradition 2 states that for the group's purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, the higher power the members believe in. Their leaders do not govern, but are trusted servants to this higher power. Tradition 3 states that the only requirement for OA membership is to desire to stop eating compulsively. Tradition 4 states that each group should be autonomous except in the matters affecting other groups or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. This is important in my opinion because it takes into consideration the differences in cultures and the traditions in the different communities globally. This helps tailor these local meetings depending on the cultural differences of the people who participate in these meetings in the different parts of the world. Coming to Tradition 5, it states that each group has one primary purpose. That is to carry the message to compulsive overeaters who are still suffering from it. Now, Tradition 6 is also very important, in my opinion. It states that an Overeaters Anonymous group will never endorse, finance, or lend the Overeaters Anonymous name to any related facility or outside enterprise because the problems of money, property, and prestige can divert members from the primary purpose. That is to help other people who are suffering from compulsive overeating. Tradition 7 states that Every Overeaters Anonymous group ought to be fully self-supporting and should decline outside contributions. Again, very important because that takes away the possibility of having an external influence on the whole group because of contributions. Tradition 8 states that Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but their service centers can employ special workers. Tradition 9 states that OA as such will never be organized, but may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Tradition 10 states that is Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the Overeaters Anonymous name should never be drawn into public controversy. Tradition 11 states that their public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, and that is why they always try to maintain this personal anonymity at the level of press radio you know films tv and other media of communication tradition 12 states that anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions now let's talk about the data on over it is anonymous the data on oa is limited but i did come across a dissertation looking at its efficacy in binge eating disorder and bulimia the researchers found that longer involvement with overeaters anonymous Greater adherence to a food plant, increased frequency of phone calls to other members, and the more time spent writing about one's thoughts and feelings predicted a lower frequency of relapse. Some research also supports OA's effectiveness when used in conjunction with standard treatment model. A private Israeli treatment center actually used the 12-step program as an adjunct to counseling and treatment. and. They collected data on adult women with obesity and bulimia nervosa. And what they found was that there was a mean weight loss of 9.7 kilograms amongst adults with obesity and a 71% success rate in cessation of purging behaviors among adults with bulimia over a six month period when they used this 12 step program in conjunction with their standard of care. There was also a qualitative study looking at the subjective experiences of the group members. The researchers reported that the members got a sense of belonging as well as transformations from a dieting mentality. Their viewpoint changed to one of emotional and spiritual recovery. Some of the things are of course concerning over here. For example, the emphasis on self-diagnosis can lead to people identifying their problems and seeking solutions that match their perceived goals related to weight loss or their eating disorder pathology. Secondly, members may give food advice that is generic or based on what has worked for them, which might either not be beneficial or even may be detrimental at times. Thirdly, conventional eating disorder approaches tend to encourage eating all foods in moderation rather than reducing exposure to foods that produce uncontrollable craving. There is another consensus that the culture of many 12-step programs is overly restrictive and contains punitive food messaging that may be harmful to one's long-term relationship with food. Some eating disorder professionals also feel that these 12-step programs may be a source of weight stigma, which may also compound the problem rather than solving it. I think the biggest drawback of Overeaters Anonymous is the lack of quality data on its efficacy. In the end, I would say Overeaters Anonymous may be something definitely worth considering, but as a complement to standard treatment, And I think that also should be undertaken under the care and supervision of a qualified healthcare professional. I hope this was helpful to you. If you are suffering from an eating disorder, you should certainly discuss this with your physician to see if this may be of benefit to you. If you have attended any of the Overeaters Anonymous meetings, I would love to hear from you and invite you to share your story on my podcast. You can write to me at host at decodingobesity.com. Well, that's all we have time for today. I'll see you all next time.
1: You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website www.decodingobesity.com for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort until next time.